Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Kylie Camps and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking and cultivating more self-love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioural therapy space and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 143. Before we dive into today's solo episode, I wanted to take a minute to introduce you to an incredible brand. It's a cosmetics brand, and I think that you're going to love them. This brand is Lip Heroes. Now, Lip Heroes is the brainchild of the same incredible team who bought you Esme Skincare and also Pony Cosmetics. So we know, we know that they do an incredible job at everything that they do and they have such high standards when it comes to creating products and also just customer experience as well. Lip Heroes is all about encouraging and empowering you to own the day, no matter what the day throws at you. So whether you are a corporate high flyer, you're a stay-at-home mum, you're studying, you're an aunt, you're a sister, you're an uncle, no matter what you are, to own your day. And if you feel great wearing a lip color, then Lip Heroes is there to support you. This range of lip colors, lipsticks and lip liners really do over deliver when it comes to quality and also the color range available as well. I find these colors really unique and also just super, super versatile. If you ever see me wearing a bright red lip, it is 100% the Valerie Red from Lip Heroes with the sister liner as well. I also really love their O for All and O for One, which is a really nice corally tone. That's probably the lip color that I get stopped the most and asked about when I'm wearing it. And if I had to choose one that is really, really versatile for everyday wear, but also going out as well, if you want to dress it up, I would say it's the Dark Berry Zap. You will also find Natural Hero, which is a really nice neutral tone. So if you like that nude lip look, you will love Natural Hero. And then we can't forget Kung Fuchsia as well and Peachy Pow. 
all really, really beautiful lip colors and they have their lip liner that matches. So you can outline, line, define your lip, create the shape you want and keep your color in place. Lip Heroes is Australian owned, cruelty free and vegan as well, which is all brilliant. But aside from all of those brilliant things, these products feel great on your lips. I think there is nothing worse than investing money in a lipstick only to find out it dries your lips or the color wears out on the inside or it cracks and you feel like you can't get your value out of it. Lip Heroes are products that you will use. I know myself when I look at all of them, I can see how much use I'm getting out of these products. A little bit goes a long way, but they feel creamy and nourishing on as well as really delivering with the color. So jump over to the website, Lip Heroes. I'll pop the link in the show notes. Have a look at the six tones available. Also jump over to their Instagram as well so you can see them on all sorts of different skin tones so that you can get a feel for how they'll look on you as well. And while you're on their website, don't forget to check out the bundles that they have available because it's really nice to have the corresponding lip liner to match the matte lipstick as well. I'm really confident that you're going to enjoy the Lip Heroes range. So a massive thank you to Lip Heroes for sponsoring today's episode as well. Let's get stuck into it. Welcome to today's episode. This podcast is a solo episode where I will be sharing with you seven truths of solo parenting or single parenting, whatever term floats your boat there. Now, two things I want to touch on quickly. First is that this episode is not just for anyone who happens to be a single parent. This is for anyone who has a female friend at any stage in their life because We're all going through our own stuff and I think that at some point or another you will likely have a girlfriend who goes through a breakup or perhaps has gone through one or they know someone that's going through one and you might just find some of these points helpful and you might be able to add more to the conversation. The next thing is I'm calling this episode seven truths of single parenting or solo parenting. I haven't yet decided, wait and see, but they are obviously my truths. So they are not universal truths. I feel like you guys know that, but in this day and age, it's like people take everything you say so literally. So these may not apply to every single person. And of course, I'm sharing through the lens of my own experience. So I might say something that I believe to be true and it's true in this moment for me, but it might not be true in another six months and it might not be true for you or for your neighbor's sister's friend who is also going through a breakup. But I wanted to just touch on that first and foremost. Solo parenting is not something I ever planned on. And I don't think that there are too many people who can say that it is, that it is a path that they were planning on walking from the get-go. Of course, there are some situations where that is the case, but I think for most people, you don't envision yourself ending up being a single mom or a single dad. And I want to also just touch on that term single parent. I don't love that term for me. I think it's certainly a term that 
is applicable to many people. And of course, literally that is what I am, like a single parent. But I've never really identified with it because the boys have such a hands-on dad. They've got a really great dad. So I almost maybe feel a little bit of guilt around using the term single parenting. And I guess, you know, we could go deep on this and it's the old adage of just because someone else has it worse than you doesn't mean that you don't have it hard type of thing. So let's not (laughs) go down that path. But I guess for those reasons, I've never really been like, oh, I'm a single mum because I feel as though the boys have two parents that care and love about them. That said, of course, I am a mum who parents on her own when I have the boys. So again, everyone's experience is different. But anyway, I'll stop putting like little caveats and trying to cover all my bases and I'll just speak freely. So that's the first thing, single parenting, the title single parent has never really stuck very well for me. I have used the term solo parenting because that feels more true for me. When I have the boys, I feel like I am 100% solo parenting, like it's all on me when they're with me. And that can be a lot. But I've written down my truths that I want to speak about with you. And the first one is loneliness. And as soon as I thought about recording this episode, being lonely and loneliness and the different degrees of it and the different ways you can feel lonely in solo parenting was like the first thing that popped into my brain. I feel like I could almost do a whole episode and get some experts in to speak about loneliness in this arena. But I wanted to include that as the first point because even when you're not alone, you know, you can be surrounded by your kids if you've got more than one or even just consumed by one child so you might have a constant companion but you can feel deeply lonely even though you're not technically alone and it's a different kind of loneliness even if you've got great friends and you've got great support I have definitely felt that there is a different type of being lonely when you are so familiar and you're used to having someone really see you and someone holds space for you, you really notice that void for sure. I think, you know, that void in also just being seen in the parenting role by someone else who's an adult and can see all that you do. That's something that's really nice when you're in a relationship. And when you're not, you notice it. It's like no one sees all the stuff that you're doing. And of course, your kids don't have the awareness to notice it. So that can feel like a whole other level of being lonely as well, like not having that, you know, I guess validation to a certain extent that everything that you're doing is not without being noticed. I think also when you have someone, when you have a partner that you live with and you're parenting with, those conversations, even when they're interrupted, even when, you know, you can't get a sentence out without your child interrupting you 48 times, just that little bit of banter, that bit of backwards and forth, that interaction, you really miss it when you don't have it. It's really, really lonely when you don't have another adult to observe things with and observe the bad stuff, you know, like the hard behavior and the shit days. You don't have someone to turn to and be like, far out, that sucked. And they say to you, far out, that sucked. And you can kind of commiserate um, and nurse your wounds together. But also the good stuff, you know, like 
the moments when you feel really proud, when your kids get off their training wheels, when they say something that is far beyond their years or really considerate and thoughtful and you don't have that person to turn to or to tell at the end of the day who really, really cares and cares in the way that only a parent can, I think, or that a step-parent could as well. It's it's tricky for sure. Um, also... What other points did I have about loneliness? The conversations, the observations, the sharing joy, sharing the hard times, but also the loneliness when you don't have your kids. So if you're in a similar situation to I am where you have shared custody, the loneliness when you don't have your little people around is again, it's a different layer. Like if you think of loneliness as a pie, there's all these different slices that go into it and there's a loneliness when you don't have your little people around as well. And it can be such a strange contradiction, which I'll speak about again later in this episode, I'm sure. But, you know, you can crave some time and space to yourself. And then the moment you have that time and space, you're really lonely because you don't have your little companions. So it's such a contradiction. Um, And I guess too, it depends on your situation. But for me, I work from home. And whilst I do have an amazing staff member, Jordan, I work by myself most of the time. Jordan works remotely. And so on the days that I don't have the kids, if I don't make an effort to connect with another adult, I could easily go for like the whole, because I don't have the boys for three nights in a row. I could easily go those three nights without speaking to another human. Like if I made the choice not to leave the house, I could be in total isolation. And sometimes that's nice. I call it my compound. Um, But it's also, again, another slice of that loneliness pie. So I think that if you have a workplace with co-workers and things like that, that obviously buffers it um, and would make you feel less alone. But just, yeah. It's just so interesting. There's so many different layers to loneliness, I think. When you have the kids, I think that a solution or something that can help to take the pressure off the loneliness is to make sure that you are scheduling play dates in with friends that you also get on with their parents. You know, on the days that I've got the boys, um, it's important for me that I'll just send a text message to one of the mums that we know that has kids a similar age and I'll say, hey, we're going to this park do you want to come for half an hour? And more often than not, someone will be available too. And it's great interaction for the boys, but it's also just nice to have, you know, an interrupted, as they always are when kids are around, conversation with another adult or just to be seen and be recognized and understood. And I think that that validation is something I've not really reflected on too much until I started to write down some thoughts for this episode, that validation of someone seeing the effort that you're putting in. um, I have missed that. I've really, really missed that. And I think that I do find parts of that from my friends. You know, it's the, the eye roll when you have to pack 48 different things into the boot for a half an hour play, or it's the stolen glance when, you know, you overhear something funny from one of the kids, that bit of camaraderie, validation, I see you, I salute you is important. And so making sure that you are getting out and connecting with other adults, no matter how brief it is, is helpful. 
being involved. This is where being involved in the community could be good um, or team sports for your little ones, being a member of a gym. I love to work out at home, but since my friends have opened a gym close by, which is an amazing gym, I talk about it all the time on Instagram because it's such a happy place for me. But even just going to the gym, I might not necessarily have any deep conversations with anyone, but just that little like interaction of, hey, I see you, you see me type of thing is nice. So definitely make sure that you're looking after your mental and emotional health and doing that when you can. I think on the days that you have your kids and you're just so drowned in children's constant narration, depending on the age of your kids, but my two boys, they don't draw a breath. Like they will talk from the moment they wake up till the moment they fall asleep at night. And sometimes they're not talking to me, but it's just the constant narration of their day. Um, And so something that I find helpful for me is at the end of the day, I will either have a bit of silence, but if I'm feeling like, oh, you know what, my brain's just swimming with random facts about geckos and Pokemon and Nintendo Switch characters and stuff like that, I will just put on an adult podcast and just so enjoy overhearing a conversation that is on a much more adult and age appropriate for me um, topic. So that's helpful as well. So for those of you who happen to have friends who might be going through a divorce, a divorced, going through a divorce or a separation, or they are already single, just be um, mindful that, you know, a quick phone call or saying yes to meeting them at the park or offering to pop in, it really does go a long way when you're feeling a bit lonely. Another thing that I just wanted to add when it comes to loneliness is I notice that if I'm not doing that, like if I'm not checking in enough with friends and voice messaging can be a great way as well to have that conversation that's not, um, that there's no time pressure on, you know, you can send a voice message and your friend can listen to it and get back to you via voice message because there's something so important about connection and hearing someone's voice and their tones and their articulation and knowing that you're, you're being heard well, I think is important too. But where was I going with this? Oh, one thing I have noticed when I'm not doing that, when I'm going into my little cancerian shell, because I'm the first to put my hand up and say, I'm an introvert and I'm a Cancerian and I am pretty much hermit, part hermit. Um, I will notice that I try to strike up conversations with the kids that are way, way, way above their age grade. <laughs> you know, like I'll make reference to something or I'll I'll be asking their opinion on something and I have to really check myself and be like, oh, hang on, these are your kids. <laughs> these aren't just small adults that you can have a proper conversation with. So I just wanted to put that out there in case you find yourself, you know, trying to prompt a conversation with your kids, no matter how old they are and realizing, oh yes, this is way above their pay grade. Um, it's a nice indicator that perhaps you need a different type of interaction. Now, The next one that the next point, the next truth for me that I wanted to share with you is to expect the unexpected moments of feeling very single. (laughs) And I say expect the unexpected because I did not, I did not give any thought to this or these moments until 
the first one happened and then I realized, oh, it probably would have been good to think about this and think about how I would feel um, before it happens. And so it's little things, the unexpected things like you're filling out paperwork at a doctor's and you have to write down, you know, the next of kin, your emergency contact. And it's that moment of like, who do I put down? You know, you've been putting down that same person for however many years um, and just realizing, okay, pivot, I need to choose a different emergency contact if that's your situation as well. Other moments to perhaps think about are, you know, when you're meeting someone new for the first time and they'll say to you, oh, what does your husband do? I found myself avoiding social settings where people didn't know that I was going through a divorce for a while because I found it a bit uncomfortable for a couple of reasons. Like if the kids are within earshot, they found the D word divorce quite difficult as well. Um, But I found myself just not wanting to have to open up the or make someone uncomfortable or just, I don't know, explain myself. And I have a tendency to, in the past, be really willing to share things and offer things up. I've had to learn in the last two years or so just how important it is to only share things with the people that have really earned the right to hear certain parts of your life. And I spoke about that on Instagram recently because so many people are so invested and want to know ins and outs of certain things. And I'm just really trying to protect the beauty of privacy um, for certain things. So what was I saying? Oh, I found myself kind of avoiding things because I just didn't want to be in the situation where I'm like, oh, we've just separated. Oh, we're in the middle of a divorce. Oh, blah, blah. And have the kids be uncomfortable or anything like that. So just taking a second to practice your responses, I guess, maybe, and how they feel in your body. And this might not apply to everyone, but I know for me, I don't know, like it kind of would get stuck in my throat. Like my throat chakra just closes up. And so just practicing and saying like, oh, I'm going through a divorce or we're in the middle of a divorce. Um, But, you know, he's a firefighter and he's an amazing dad, that type of thing. Like just having your, okay, this is my capped response and this is all that I'm happy to share. And then knowing how to move on from that as well. I found that to be something worth considering as well. There are also moments that I just didn't expect would catch me. You know, like I'll hear myself say, oh, your book, did you leave it at dad's? And I think, fuck, like this kid has two houses. Like I've just heard myself say, did you leave it at dad's? And that's not a saying that I, that's nothing. It's something that I never imagined would come out of my mouth. So those little things do catch me off guard and there are, you're never going to be able to expect everything, but expect some of those unexpected moments and give them a little bit of thought. The next one is kind of in a similar vein, I guess, in terms of expecting and anticipating, but some parts of the day are so much harder than other parts of the day. And this goes both ways. So when you have the kids, you might identify that there is a certain time of the day that is really challenging for you. Maybe you have a baby that you need to bath and settle, but you also have a toddler and then you also have a primary aged child. So you're trying to do the homework, you're trying to read a bedtime book, you're trying to breastfeed or, you know, maybe they're much older and you've got to drop one to work, but the other one has soccer practice and 
you just might find that there are certain times of the day that are so much harder than you were prepared for. And so you might find yourself getting angry or upset or dreading certain parts of the day, but just really, I guess, trying to zoom out and going, okay, this is a hard part of the day for me. What systems, what strategies can I put in place to make that a little bit easier? And then the flip side of that is there are, I guess, actually, before I move on to the flip side, what I'm saying there is like when you've got kids and you're with your partner still, and you know, this goes for both sides, men, women, two men, two women, but there would be crossover. You would have moments where there's, you know, you're, you're tag teaming, you know, one's doing the bedtime book while the other's cleaning up the dishes. And you know what I mean? Like there's that that teamwork, that enmeshment where you work in together, which is so beautiful. But when you don't have that, when it's just you, some parts of the day are just like, oh gosh, really tricky. And so then the flip side is that when you don't have your little ones, again, if you're in a situation where you're sharing custody, when you don't have them, you might find that there are certain parts of the day that you really struggle with and they will probably change dependent upon where you are. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. In your separation journey, you know, at first it is so hard. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. There were definitely days where I would just be like, someone bring me a Valium and tuck me into bed and wake me up when it's over. And it gets better. (laughs) Um, But there are times where you just think, wow, this is such a tricky time of the day for me. And for me, it is between 5 and 7 p.m. because for seven years, well, six and six years, whatever, when we split nearly six years, five and a half, whatever, semantics, let's not get bogged down. But, you know, for so long, <laughs> I that time of day was so full for me. It was two kids in the bath, get two kids dressed, feed them both, books, bed, snuggles, tuck them in, all of that part. And then also that like, you know, on the the nights when their dad was home, that look at each other of like, yes, we've made it. They're out for the night. Now, how are we going to spend our next hour and a half before we're out for the night? Um, I've, I really struggled and am still struggling at times with that, that period between five and seven. If I'm going to get low or lean on a behavior that doesn't serve me, it's going to happen then. That's going to be the time that I'm stood in the kitchen and I'm eating for no reason or I am feeling angry for no reason. I might find myself sitting on the kitchen floor crying. All of these things can come up for me because the lack is so obvious at that point in time. You know, you can keep yourself so busy in the other areas of the day, but it's just so obvious that you don't have that dinner, bed, bath time. 
And do not get me wrong. I'm your standard mum. There have been so many times when I'm like far out. I would just want like a week off this, you know, like I don't want to do it. It's so monotonous, blah, 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 all that stuff. And you might dread it. But when you don't have it and when you know that you just can't do it tonight or the next night or the night after that or however long your arrangement is, it can be hard. And so I just wanted to mention that it might be first thing in the morning, you know, waking up and not having your kids could be really hard for you as well. Maybe it's falling to sleep if you've always slept together, but just know that it will get a little bit better. And maybe some of the things that you can do would be thinking about healthy ways, healthy habits, healthy behaviors that you could put into that time frame. So for me, when I don't have the boys, I will either put myself in the bath because again, typical cancerian, love the water, magnesium salts, book in the bath, journal in the bath, sad music and have a cry in the bath, whatever it is, but just put myself somewhere that feels kind of safe for me, which might sound funny, but whatever, just speaking freely. Or I will go for a really long walk because I think if I walk half an hour in one direction, that's another half an hour back, that's an hour. Then I might take Lou around the block, that's another 10 minutes. It just gives me some perspective. The fresh air is good. Being outside, all of that stuff, it's just, it helps to break up that section. Or I will go to the gym. Right now, going to the gym and using the ice bath and sauna situation, the thermal recovery zone, is my lifesaver. The, like the ice bath and the ice showers are such an amazing way to recalibrate like your whole nervous system. And so I'm loving doing that. And then that's something to look forward to. And it's something that I enjoy. So then I'm not dreading that time period. So I'll put that in that time period, if that makes sense. So just maybe giving some thoughts to what could you do at the times that are hard for you. And if it's early days and waking up without your kids is really, really hard, Maybe it's something like you FaceTime your mum or your best friend or um, you go to a yoga class, whatever it is, just something to fill the time and give you a bit of purpose because I think that's what it is. It's these times that we feel like, oh, we don't know what to do with ourselves that can be like an overwhelming abyss. So fill those in. Now, the next truth, number four is pity and comments, well-meaning comments. I can't tell you the amount of time someone has said to me, oh, I'm so sorry. It must be so hard. And this is one of those things, right? It's like when you have a baby, you just want someone to acknowledge that it's really hard. But then the moment someone says to you, oh gosh, you poor thing, you get defensive. That's what I would liken this to because I'm the first person to say like, do not go through a divorce if you can avoid it. Like if you can stay together happily, stay together. Um, But, and like uh, guys, that's just reflective of my own, where I'm at in my own journey. Don't take that super literally, all the disclaimers, but Having someone, you know, prime example, I had someone say to me, oh my God, like you poor thing. I could not think of anything worse than being alone and having to think about dating. I've been with my partner for 18 years and oh, the thought of not being with him and the thought of having to have sex with someone for the first time, like that sort of stuff, like those comments that, you know, some people just have no awareness that it can be a little bit hard for you to hear because 
there is no single person that doesn't know that, that hasn't thought that, that hasn't felt that fear about meeting someone or being with someone for the first time. Like we're aware of that feeling and we're happy to have those conversations with our people that have earned those conversations. But just, you know, being stood in coals or out in the street and having someone kind of offer you pity, it doesn't feel good. It's just like a stereotypical, like, ugh, like it just gives me an ugh feeling. So I just wanted to include that one, that there will be times when you have moments where people, you feel, you interpret that people are pitying you. Um, and again, I totally get they're well-intentioned, but sometimes they just feel like barbs. Like I recently rewatched Bridget Jones's diary, which I love. And it's been like years that I've, for years, I've not sat down and watched a movie. I've just not been very good at enjoying things, but I'm getting so much better at it. And where was I going with this? Oh, in the Bridget, one of the Bridget Jones movies, I think it's the first one where they are talking about how there's like a jellyfish friend, you know, like everything she says is like a barb that stings, 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 stings. So you'll have moments like that or another Bridget Jones moment where she's at the dinner party and everyone else is in a couple and they start saying things, you know, like, oh, TikTok and, you know, your biological clock and blah, blah, blah and all of that stuff. You might have those moments where you look around and you're sat at a table and everyone's in a couple and you feel like they feel sorry for you. It's not a good feeling. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to include that one. So again, maybe just giving thought to that if you're in this situation of how you might like to respond or safeguard yourself. I tend to think about having a bit of a force field around myself. And I have also really just lent into the whole, the whole truth that you can think that you know something you know, and I was that person. I was totally that person that was like, I'm going to be married, you know, forever. And then now I'm not. So I think that having that humbling experience, it kind of gives you grace and empathy towards people who you feel you imagine that they know, that they think that they know. And it's like, oh, no one knows for certain. I hope that doesn't sound bitter. <laughs> Just wanted to share it with you. Um, the next one. Okay. Now I have spoken about this before in stories and I still have people message me and say, oh my gosh, when you spoke about the soy sauce lid, it really hit home for me. So I'll give a bit of context, but I was saying on stories, this was ages ago, but I had a moment where I was cleaning up everything and there was like the plastic rim of a soy sauce bottle on the bench. And like, I was just looking at it and it just all dawned on me. Like, if I don't put that thing in the bin, it will sit there. Like it could sit there for months and months and months if I don't do it. Like no other adult in this house is going to put that in the bin. And it was just this moment that was so, I guess, reflective and it just represented the pressure that I was feeling inside that it's all on me. Like when I have the kids and they're with me, it is 100% on my head. Like that pressure, it can just be so heavy of trying to do it all. And I can remember at first when we separated, like I really tried to 
give the kids everything in terms of, you know, I, I notice the things that I don't do as well as their dad does naturally. And so I thought, okay, I've got to give them that from me as well. Like I've got to also wrestle with them. I've got to give them that side of me. And I've certainly relaxed a lot more on that now. I'm like, no, no, they're good. They get that stuff from their dad and there's stuff from me that they don't get from him. And it all works out in the end. It all comes out in the wash. But at first, just the pressure or the perceived pressure to be everything coupled with the actual reality that you do have to do everything is a lot. It can be a lot to bear for sure. Um, so I think that just acknowledging, yes, it is all on you, but also thinking about ways that you can safeguard yourself. So what are the things that you can let slide? Like what are your top priorities. For some people, it could be like they need to have a clean kitchen bench, but they can handle a messy lounge room. Or like, for example, for me, I really, I feel like I need to have really great healthy meals and healthy snacks available. So I will spend time doing that. Not a lot of time because I'm kind of a lazy cook, but I will make sure, you know, I'll prioritize having that stuff on hand and I will prioritize exercising as well over things like folding the laundry. It just doesn't get to me. I can leave a mountain of laundry for weeks and weeks. Like I'll just put it in the corner of my bedroom or the corner upstairs, the corner like in the upstairs lounge room and I know I'll get to it eventually and I'll also just take clothes from there. So it's just like a a beautiful, blissful cycle of wash, hang out, put them in the basket, carry them upstairs, leave them in a pile and then choose your outfit from that pile. So I'll often be wearing the same thing because I've just taken something from the top of Mount Laundry, which is at the top of my stairs. So thinking about what are the things that you can personally let slide. For some people, it won't be laundry because it'll just be like, ugh, they can't deal with that. But it might be brainstorming strategies outside the box. So maybe feeling like all of the pressures on you and you just don't have time to look after yourself, but you acknowledge that if you did look after yourself, you'd have more energy and you'd be happier and, you know, it's such a flow on effect. So things like you could post in your local Facebook group and say, hey, is there anyone who has a teenage son or a teenage daughter who's studying teaching or childcare and would be interested in giving me a hand for an hour every second day for 15 or $20. I don't know. I don't know how much babysitters go for these days. Um, but, you know, just thinking outside of the box of going, okay, rather than going, oh, it's all on me and I can't do it all. Maybe thinking about what your priorities are, the things that absolutely must get done, and then giving yourself the grace to let the other things that aren't as important be just that, not as important, not as critical on your little shoulders because we can't do it all, you know? And so many people have spoken about how there's that saying of women can do it all has translated into women must do it all. And that's just such an icky, icky thing. We don't need to do it all. In fact, we can't and we'll end up turning ourselves inside out should we keep trying to. So yeah, don't be afraid to ask for help, surrender, give yourself grace, give yourself compassion, allow certain things to not be perfect. I think perfectionism is so scary and it's not something that we should strive for. But I like the idea of thinking outside the box in ways to make your life a little bit easier. 
So have a little think and see if you can come up with anything at all. Number six is there is so much surrender and, you know, nice segue there from giving yourself grace and compassion, but there is so much to surrender to not knowing certain things when it comes to your children's life when they're with the other parent. And I don't mean that as in like, oh, expect the other parent to keep things from you knowingly, but And again, this is so dependent upon what age you split and all of that stuff, but you're so used to knowing all the ins and the outs and all the experiences, and there's just no way that that can all be communicated and all be translated to you. And I think for a lot of us in particular, if we've been the primary carer, you really have to get to a point where you just relinquish a certain degree of control. And so many people have asked me, you know, how will you feel when the boys have a, you know, have a stepmom or a mum figure and things like that. And you just have to practice surrendering. Like you really do and trusting, and I'm not always great at it, but trying to trust and know that their experiences, even if they're being parented a little bit differently to how things have been done before, You have to try and surrender and trust and know that it's going to serve them and enrich them and create that little bit of resilience and adversity and diversity for them as well. I say them because I'm so used to speaking about my two. So just, you know, them can be your one or your seven, however many, but there there is a real surrender to not knowing every single detail and to missing certain moments. You know, like the boys came home the other day and I had just been talking about the fact that they've been so hesitant to want to ride without training wheels. And then one gets out of, you know, his dad's car and he's like, mum, watch this and can ride without training wheels. And it's like, oh man, I missed the first time he did that. And that just happens, you know, even when you're in a partnership, you miss moments, but it feels amplified when you're not actually there. So surrendering... And I'm not, I'm not going to say embracing, I'm just going to say surrendering, you know, universe grant me the serenity to get to a place where I'm like embracing that. But for now, I'm just practicing cultivating surrendering to the things that are without, you know, are outside of my realm of knowing about or being told about. The last one that I wanted to share with you, or actually before I move on to the last one, just another little note I had here in the surrender is also the fact that there is so much worry about how your dynamic is impacting your kids. And I'm speaking like, you, you, let me rephrase. I worry so much about how this situation, this dynamic is impacting my boys because I can see it. I cannot deny the fact that it is impacting them. I am so invested in parenting and sometimes I think that makes it worse you know like some of my friends like yeah like the real the whole like she'll be right he'll be right attitude and I love that for them and I appreciate that as well but when you are actually in this world of being super super invested in parenting you know like I own the kind parenting company and you understand the adverse childhood experiences And what that can do to kids, divorce and separation and dis-ease, I use that that word a lot because I just think it's so true, like the word dis, 
ease, like it's it feels like an insidious disease. Um, little play on words there, word nerd. But that disruption, the disharmony in the family unit, it's impacting your kids. It's impact. It's impacting my kids. It's impacting their belief systems. I can see it. I can completely see it. And they're going through things that they would not have had to go through if this wasn't their reality. And I worry about that. I really do. Even though I have the awareness that no one gets out of childhood without some sort of belief that can hold them back. But I just worry. Like I think, fuck, like, will they get married? Will they think that there's no such thing as a happy? Like just you can get really spirally with your worries. And so if anyone else is in a similar boat and you're feeling a bit consumed about worrying about the impact it has on your kids, I think that speaking to a psychologist, a therapist, a counsellor, trying different modalities, whatever works for you, you know, for some people it is Reiki and um, I can't even think, you know, there's so many different modalities that you can try, you know, from acupuncture to actual cognitive behavioural therapy, but just finding someone that you connect with and you can talk to about these beliefs can be really, really beneficial. I have referenced the work by Byron Katie in the past. And I think that doing the work on these thoughts is helpful because as Byron Katie says, we only suffer when we believe our beliefs to be true, when we believe our thoughts to be true. So doing the work on them, which if you Google the work Byron Katie, you can find all the worksheets. It's all free. You can do it. Um, That can be helpful as well. Now, last but not least, number seven of my seven truths of single parenting Some friendships may fall away and it's with a heavy heart that I say that because it never feels good to recognize that a friendship is not withstanding a certain situation or a season change, but I have just found it to be true and, you know, I can give you a really clear example. I had a friend and, you know, they've been, she's in a, she's married and they were friends that we would all spend time with, you know, in my marriage and in her marriage and going through a divorce, her husband really didn't want her spending time with me, like almost as if getting divorced is contagious. And that really, really hurt. And so you might find yourself in situations similar to that where you realize, oh, we had, you know, friends that were really more based upon certain circumstances or settings or people feel uncomfortable or they feel like they have to choose a side, even though that's not the case in this situation. But some people will feel that and you might just notice some people slide away. And you may also hear Lou growling and barking in the background. Um, But it might not even be to do with losing friends because of being in a couple. It might be to do with losing friends because you're going through a really hard time and you're not the person you once were. You know, the other shoe has dropped. You've seen some shit and you're not the same person. Or just that pressure of doing it all, you feel as though you can't be as available or get back to text messages as quickly. And some people have really big expectations. And so you might just find that some friendships do fade away during this time in your life. And that can be really, really hard. And it doesn't have to be... Um, you know, like a bad friendship breakup or anything like that. I think that some friends come into our lives for certain seasons, certain seasons, certain reasons, and then you grow apart and you move on. 
And that can happen a lot. I've spoken to a lot of single women, single mums and single dads who have felt that their friendship circle has really, really changed. And a wise woman said to me recently, just know that when this happens, it is happening for you, not to you. And it is opening space for friendships that align more with who you are currently, because I do think going through anything big in life, any sort of loss, challenge, even triumph, anytime we go through something quite defining and that shifts our perspective and our identity, you you change. And I think that when you change, hopefully it's for the better, <laughs> um, but you might just you might realize that you need to be spending time with people that align with who you are currently, not people who align with different time in your life, if that makes sense. Now, in saying that, I've got other friends that I've had forever (laughs) and they still look at you, still treat you, still respect you and love you in the same way still hold space for you in the same way, even though you've gone through something really tricky or you've been distant or you've not been yourself or you've changed. And it's those friends that I think are absolutely worth more than their weight in gold. And so I just wanted to include that because I know it can be a tricky one. And also try and maybe connect with other parents who are in a similar situation because you're friends who haven't been through it can of course offer empathy and be there and hold space for you but it's it's a different thing to be seen by someone who is in a similar situation so I'm sure that there are online groups you can join or just being more open to meeting people out in your community as well or being introduced to other women or other men um, you know through your own social setting could be helpful too but anyway These are the truths, my truths currently that I wanted to share with you. One of the best things about being a woman is that our truth is fluid. So what's true for me one day might not be true the next. Um, Mark often says that women are a moving target and we really are. So anyway, I will love and leave you. If you enjoyed this episode, jump over to Instagram. Let me know. I always read comments. Direct messages are rather backed up. I think I have over 100 requests sat there at the minute, but comments I will always, always see. And this podcast is a completely free podcast for those of you who are listening and you've gotten this far. Um, It's completely free for you guys to listen to and I want to keep it that way. And when I hear from you, I really, really enjoy it. So thank you. Pop a story up. Let me know what you thought of this episode. Jump over and leave a comment and I will talk with you really, really soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.